Well, we're going to be in week three of I Promise. First week was, I'll never leave you forsake you. Second week was, peace. This week is one of my favorite weeks because it's talking about joy. And how many know that joy is a missing commodity today? Now, happiness hangs around like a five-hour energy drink, depending on your day. But joy comes from the Lord. And I want to spend some time telling you who the author of joy is, the power of joy, and then we're going to have a dance here tonight, this morning. Just kidding. No, we're not going to dance. Scared all y'all, didn't I? We're going to move the chairs out the way. The youth will dance. Some of these youth would dance. Anyway, but that's what we want to do. Can we pray before we get started? And now think about joy and think about your heart. Here's the question. Are you, ex- are you really experiencing God's fullness of joy in your heart? Or are you letting circumstances rob you of your joy? Can I give you a hint? Circumstances are temporary. Joy is permanent. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, I ask that you teach us what your word says about joy. And Father, I pray at the end of this message, people will experience your joy to the full. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, talking about joy, if you notice the last part of this series, the last two um, segments of this series, I've been using the book of John because it's, I looked at that from 13 all the way to 17 is Jesus' departing um, words. And one of those words in there was joy. Last week we talked about peace. Talked about I'll never, in the first week, I'll never leave you as an orphan. He's talking about now I'm going to give you joy. And he was really just talking about the Holy Spirit's going to go ahead and fill us with his joy. And we want to start this one off in John chapter 15, verse 11. This is Jesus talking about the word. We hear about this word abiding in him, that we are the branches. He is the branch. And apart from him, we can accomplish nothing. And he goes into this, uh, into this concept about joy. And I love the way he put this. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. Now circle my joy, which is his joy, and that your joy may be full. Now, if you look at the context that Jesus was actually telling them, I have joy through your abiding in obedience. And you got to recognize that Jesus had joy and abiding in obedience in his father. And he wants us as believers to have the same joy in abiding in obedience to him. Because how many think obedience is a tough thing? Why? Has God killed you yet? No. Know why? Because the will of God will never take you where the grace of God can't sustain you. The will of God will never take you to a place where the grace of God can't sustain you. God graces us with his grace to do the things he wants us to do. So you never have to feel like a failure as long as you're moving forward. That gives you joy because he's not like, we think about Peanuts and, and Charlie Brown when she puts out the football. Okay, you can kick it this time and I'm psych. 
and he falls down. God doesn't do that. He graces you wherever he, takes you, he wants you to go to do the things he needs you to do. So obedience, you're not alone in that. We all stumble in that area. But we're all graced in that area if we're doing it under the name of Jesus Christ. So I love about that. But he says, my joy, but this to the full, his joy, my joy, but over to the max. I love that word, to the max. You know, a friend of mine from Augusta, Georgia, his name was Mad Max. And Mad Max did everything to the max. Everything. When we got in trouble, we got in trouble to the max. And when we got spanked, we got spanked to the max. Everything was max about max. And he's running some crazy company right now called, <laughs> I can't tell you the name of it. Anyway, that word full means to the brim, satisfied, to cram, complete, supply. Now, as Christ experienced joy through obedience, we experience joy through obedience. Remember when he said this in Hebrews, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He's about to die on the cross, but he had joy. And our last time I checked, none of us are going to die on the cross. What robs us of our joy? See, joy is eternal. Happiness is external. Happiness lasts maybe an hour, maybe a minute. But joy is permanent. See, joy comes from a life and fellowship with Christ. That's a joyous life. When you're fellowshipping with Christ, that's a joyous life. Now, there's a psalm that we said earlier today, Psalm 1611. Let's go there. Sammy said it earlier. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures, pleasures forevermore. This is David talking about the Lord. Well, the amazing thing is that word fullness means abundance of joy. In God's presence, there's abundance of joy. Now, in, the, in society, it seems like lately, it's been an abundance of discouragement. I can't find anybody who want to give you good news. I can't find some believers who know about good news. Remember this last time we checked that the gospel is good news? But we treat it like it's bad news. And no one can tell the difference between us and society because we think what we have is tough and it's hard and it's God. And he doesn't declare that for us to the full, to the max, abundant joy. This is a hard word to preach because no one wants to be happy anymore. You know why? Someone has sold a lie in our heart that is just too good to be true. And guess what? The kingdom of God is just too good to be true. It is. It's not fair. God doesn't win on this. Remember, he gave up his son. All he calls us to do is give up our lives. Think about it. He gave up his only begotten son. He says, you're a living sacrifice. You're not going to die on the cross. Just die to yourself. And when you die to yourself, you find joy. Because you always figure out, 
What am I upset about? Why am I so wrapped around the handle? Is it really that bad? Really, is it really that bad? My dad used to say, is it really that bad? And he'd say, do like this. <sighs> You're breathing, right? It's not that bad. <laughs> Perspective, isn't it? God's word brings joy and is the source of power. Nehemiah 8, 10. Then he said to him, go your way, eat the fat, drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to the Lord, and do not be grieved with the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now the whole concept of this, this scripture is those, the children of Israel have been in captivity over 70 years, going back into the land. Ezra gets up and reads the word of God. They start crying. They forgot that they were free. And they just finished them with the, um, the season of the uh, Festival of Atonement. That their sins were forgiven. And they're crying. Their sins are forgiven. God's not going to kill you. You're his chosen people. And they're crying. Oh, today, our sins are forgiven. forgiven. And we're crying. We're, oh, this is church. Oh, gosh, oh, I can't take it. I just can't take it. Like, what can't you take? Jesus took it all. This is supposed to be the most joyous time of our lives. We're believers. We win. (laughs) Golly. What happened? Who told you you lost? Who told you you're not an overcomer? Who told you you're an undercomer? Who told you that? We win. Same way they were preaching. He said they're reading the word. Don't get upset. You know, there's days that I just don't feel like it. I get tired in the work, not of the work. And you know what I do? And the staff knows it. I used to scream against iPods. But I love iPods. Because I put my head, I put the big ones on. So I don't want to hear nobody except Jesus and some preaching and some word and some music. And I put on some Matt Carney talking about down. And I put on some Hezekiah Walker. And I'm jumping and I'm shouting. They're like, who is that person? One who has joy because I need some strength right about now because I'm losing it. You got to find that place. Uh, I love me and Terry. We believe in wrestling. That is real. Right, Terry? We're going to do WrestleMania, man. He likes one of the guys. Uh, (laughs) I know it's on tape. Anyway, (laughs) he's a sinner. That's all right. Saved by grace. Come on, somebody. Anyway, and this guy, Randy Orton. And they said, Randy Orton, he gets pulverized, he gets up, he goes into that place. And they say, he's going into that place. I tell you what, whenever I feel discouragement, I go into that place. I, put, I go into that place. I got to hear God. I got to praise God. I got to hear him praising. I got to hear some preaching. I got to hear some faith. I go into that place. And I come out, I don't recognize what anybody's saying anymore, negativity. And sometimes it has to happen two or three times a day, depending on my day. But I'm not tired of the work. 
I get tired in the work. See, whatever it takes for you to get that joy restored in your heart, being naive about Jesus Christ, you got to get it back. If it's an iPod, get you an iPod. Find your best preacher who can preach the, the paint off the walls, who talks about faith. Because I'm telling you, when you are like that, they will be attracted to it. The world will say, why are they so upbeat? They don't know what happens behind closed doors in my house. When I'm praising God and I'm in the mirror singing. When my mom died, the only thing I had was music. Everyone was going on. I was the youngest one. I go in my room and I put on my Michael Jackson and it's Jackson 5. And I'm in the mirror like I'm playing drums. And I'm in that place. Why? Sick way of worshiping. But I was trying to get refocused and to keep me from blowing my head off. See, depression, guys, shouldn't be, is now a birthright as believers. All these burdens, it's now a birthright. Freedom is our birthright. Joy is our birthright. Peace is our birthright. So God's word, when you're getting God's word and I'm hearing God's word, it brings a source of power on you that you didn't have before. Everyone gets weak. But when you're getting his word, something starts. To, if you're crying, you get in there and all of a sudden joy, peace, all this starts to come upon you. You say, look out, here I go. It's called faith. Lasting joy is found in focusing on him, not his works. A lot of us spend our time in between the mountaintop and the valley. We don't like it or we forget how good God truly is. It's the story of the children of Israel in Exodus 15. Now, crazy story, great story. In bondage over 400 years, Moses delivers them out of bondage after 400 years by the, by the grace of God and God's help. They get to the Red Sea. God departs it they get to the other side and you know what happened you're talking about party central because when they got to the other side and their enemy and their past tried to catch up with them washed them out and they're over there called the song of moses in the bible and they're 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 juking now they're dancing they didn't even and miriam took out a tambourine i bet you someone was doing the moonwalk they were moving God is good. God is great. We're awesome. This is that. The enemy is gone. Ha, 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 ha. Three days later. Starting in verse 22. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Myra, they could not drink the water. But Myra, because it was bitter, therefore it was named Myra. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log and threw it in the water. And the water became sweet. And there, was, there the Lord made them a statue and a rule. 
And there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in the eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. Now, we know about the ten plagues he put up. They saw the power of God like they'd never seen the power of God. Ten plagues against their captives, those who keep them captive. They saw a miracle beyond a miracle when the Red Sea parted and they walked through on dry ground. And then all of a sudden, three days later, God stinks. Why? Like a lot of us, and I fall for that. My only praise, sometimes I used to fall for this. I'm only going to praise God if I get something. Versus praising God for who he is. So I go from between, if I'm in between waiting for a promise, life isn't all that good because I'm only going to be on that promise. I'm going to be in that river. I'm going to be when it's parts. I'm happy now. When I come out, God, you got three days to make me more happy. Guilty. When it's lasting joy in the everyday life because God doesn't change. Christ doesn't change. It's an everyday thing. Not for what he does, but who he is. I spent a lot of time on that. Convicted me to the core. My joy is only dependent upon what I get or what I think he should give me. So in between that, you got to rev me up. It's called negative faith. Let's go to, um, they didn't stop there. God blessed them. Let's go to verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 8. And Moses said, when the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. That's what convicted me when I was grumbling. And how dare I grumble when I have my daily bread every single day? He gave them daily manna every day. <coughs> they didn't have to work for it. They had their first couple battles, they didn't even have a fight for it. They did, he did all the fighting, he did all the providing. Today, God does all the fighting, and he does all the providing. My daily bread is always met. Now, if they can't be joining my lips, that means I'm ungrateful. I'm just how he dealt with me. That's tough. Because I'm, not, I'm grumbling against a situation. Really, I'm grumbling against him. That you're not good enough, God. You don't provide enough. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And I'm missing the peace, and I'm missing the joy in the valley. It's not about the mountaintop, because miracles don't change people. They were, they were surrounded by them. Relationship does. How are we doing? Amen. One thing I recognize in there, they let unbelief They let unbelief and doubt rob them of your joy, rob them of their joy. And I've let unbelief and doubt rob me of mine plenty of times. In, in John chapter 16, verse 22, it says this, So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Now, no one can take your joy unless you give it away. <laughs> but doubt and unbelief will destroy it. 
That's why I have to be in here because I'm surrounded not by you guys, but I'm surrounded by a world that is so in chaos now that doubt and unbelief can crawl all over me. But I have to let faith crawl all inside of me. And we all fight it. Because if you pick up the phone or you pick up the newspaper, there's nothing, anyone saying anything good. And that's by design. God's test to see what we're going to do about it. I love that in, in John chapter 16, verse 22, because God brings joy to our lives, not by substitution, by, but by transformation. He brings joy to our lives, not by substitution, by, but by transformation. What he's talking about here, if you saw about childbirth and women who had children in the birthing room, a lot of sorrow, a lot of pain. Amen, ladies? But that pain, the same thing that caused the pain was transformed into a joy when that baby came out. My wife was in labor a long time. The only thing was my friend was a bottle of Melanta. I drank it and I burped for 12 hours. <laughs> the whole day. They said he was a wreck. I, was, I had a lot of joy. This is my son. It was. It was 14 hours of labor. And I couldn't handle it. And she had sorrow. And right before he came, that's when they tell you don't talk to your wife because she might say something real nice. <laughs> and she did. He said, oh, she's ready. So good. Just let me know when it's over. And I saw my son born. It was what that pain. And she had a, um, he couldn't breathe, hardly breathe. And she, was having, she had an infection but it could not take away the joy in my heart when he was born. That was transformed from sorrow to joy. I ran down there and made sure he was all right. I came back and made sure she was all right, and I kept on drinking my Melanta in between all that. I said, man, I got to keep drinking this. And they said, you could tell your husband really loved you. He was a wreck. <laughs> so I made a suggestion. Hey, she gets drugs, get, us, get the husband some drugs. <laughs> Because, man, I'm telling you, I was hurting. But the joy. See, God will take whatever thing you have sorrow over and transform it into joy. Like he did, like he did Joseph. Joseph, born in the slavery, in part of his pit, in prison, he took that and he turned it into joy. See, he doesn't substitute it with, they didn't substitute it with another child. He transformed that which is busted, which is broken. He transforms it into joy and makes it whole and complete and overrunning. That's how he works. So wherever you have joy, like you hear the scripture about uh, sorrow may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Yeah, I felt better in the morning after that. After that, after that Atlanta, I felt better. But joy always comes in the morning. Why? Because God's always there. So, don't look, stop praying for substitution. Pray for transportation. I mean, transformation. <laughs> transportation. <laughs> wow. I like that. That might, that might preach. <laughs> Jesus must be coming back soon. I better get ready. Anyway. <laughs> transportation. Wow. Transformation. Don't ask to be substituted. 
ask for it to be transformed. He loves that. Hang in them with him. I don't care how impossible it is. The Bible says that which may exist today will exist tomorrow because God's on the throne. Here's, here's my line, guys, as a church. Just hang in there. Because we know God transforms. That which is ugly, that which is un- doesn't look right, that which is sorrow, he turns it into joy. That's why it's so sweet when he does it. When I met my wife in Las Vegas, I was in a bad place. It's in the Air Force, broke in. People stole all my clothes. Stole all my clothes. Where does that work? I wanted to go home. I said, I don't care about the Air Force and this team. I'm going home. I got no clothes. I got one pair of shorts and a uniform. Took my good sneakers. I never, out the box. <laughs> I bought everything on American Express. Never even put the stuff on. So I wasn't going to come to work the next day. I said, give me a flight out of here. And she was giving the meeting, remember? <laughs> and they said, how come you can't start? Because Sergeant Brown is in here. And she's like, who is Sergeant Brown? Why I got to wait for him? I know she was waiting for me. But I was in sorrow. So I showed up late at the hangar. And I walked in. It ain't a meeting, man. Okay, a meeting. Whatever. Got my ticket yet? I hope you got my ticket. Get me out of here. <laughs> Joy came. <laughs> and there was a song I knew from Mays featuring Frankie Beverly. Talking about joy and pain, like sunshine and rain. I was in the sunshine. I said, who is that? They get the, he said, you want to go? Nobody. Got to know her. And she loved me so much, she left me on Las Vegas Boulevard that night. <laughs> Told me to get out of the car. Because I had an attitude. She had, to, she had to train me. Amen, I'm trained now. I get out of this. Worship team, come on up. <laughs> See, the sorrow is real. Turn to joy. And I, I, wound, I found this out, that God orchestrated that to have the best thing in my life. He had to break some. He had to do something. And he pushed me in that, par- in that place, which I didn't care about clothes anymore. And she was the one that ran the hotel room. So she took care of all that hotels. They were paying me off. They gave us free meals every night. But when my point is, that sorrow got turned to joy. God wants to do that in your life. Because he's so much inside of you. Philippians 4.4 says this. Rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. And what God is saying, this. Our joy should not be based on circumstances. Think about it. It should not be based on circumstances, but it's based on our relationship with him. And where is God right now? If you're a born-again believer, where is Jesus right now? 
Where is the Holy Spirit right now? Indwelling in you. That's why you can rejoice. Because he has joy in us. You can have joy in him. And what I want to do is end this with a praise. And let's rejoice again, church. Circumstances should not be overriding your life. That relationship should be overriding your life. Things will be tough, but they're only temporary. Joy in Christ is eternal and permanent. So I don't want circumstances trying to put their, trying to um, dwell in me. I just want to push that off, and I want Christ to fully dwell in me. Because that's how special you are. He, as we said, I'm not leaving you as orphans. My peace I give, no one will understand. And the joy, that's his promises. And the joy, no one can take it because I gave it to you. And now you got to go home and you got to discover that which you might lost and dropped off somewhere. And all it takes is to say, Lord, help me. Let's all stand. It's not on our circumstances. It's on our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the power of God working through your heart.